Welcome to another edition of My Not Matters here on the Dakotan and brought to you by Shock, Safe and Lock. I'm Jonathan Starr. Today, I'm joined by just someone that's pretty amazing. She used to write for the Dakotan, had a weekly column called She's Not From Around Here. She'll, she still does that column. You can find it. Uh, she'll, she can tell you everywhere you can find it. But today, we're joined by Amy Allender. Hey. What, what a pleasure to have you on today. Hey, I'm glad to be here. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us. So... Some of my favorite titles that you had, there's nothing in North Dakota, <laughs> that, that's a common one. Yeah. Uh, the tried and true secret of thriving where you are, okay. that, that's a really good one, something that people can apply, it don't matter where they're at. Yeah. And then probably something that you have to be from North Dakota to appreciate, sort of, is, or, or at least the upper Midwest, the lake. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. So, some, <laughs> some good titles of columns that you wrote. And of course you still do that for the Northern Century and maybe for some others. I do. You know, it, right now it's just at the Northern Century. And then um, I put them up on my website as well. So you can find them, you know, on my blog too. But I would honestly love to expand the reach on that just because it is something that's so fun it to, is. to write and people think it's fun to read. So right. Yeah. Very neat. Very neat. Lovingly, you call this place hot dish land, which you also have to appreciate too. If if you're not from North Dakota, you want to understand that. But of course, most of our audience is from Minot. They would understand that. I go to funerals every once in a while and um, there's always a good hot dish. Always. <laughs> always. So there you go. But Amy, tell me a little bit about what brought you and your family to North Dakota. Oh, this is a classic answer. Uh, the Air Force Base. Yes, <laughs> the Air Force Base. And where were you guys from originally? Uh, my husband and I are both from Indiana. Most okay. of our family's there, except for a couple outliers. Um, and, I mean, we, we like Indiana. We like mm-hmm. the Midwest. I would, uh, I thrive in the Midwest yeah. environment. Um, but through my husband's a pilot, through the process okay. of his career, he was first stationed in Florida in the Panhandle. And then we moved to Oklahoma and then Louisiana. And honestly, in Louisiana, they said, you know, we're really not sending people to Minot. So, um, you know, just plan to be here in Shreveport for a while. So we went ahead and bought a house. And then that ended up being our shortest assignment ever. And we got orders to Minot. But honestly, we were happy to come. We got we saw we were moving to North Dakota and thought, oh, this is the best day of our life. We're getting out of the south where the trees really? just literally light on fire because right. it's so hot. So hot all the time. Yes, we could see the smoke in the distance <laughs> in Shreveport. And I just remember thinking, yeah. what is this place? Like, right. Take me back where it snows, please. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And it's cold all the time. You don't have to worry about, well, not all the time. We have good summers. We have beautiful summers. Yes, and it, that gets discredited. I know. Most of the year is perfect here. The yeah. fall is wonderful. The spring. And, and we have them. Yes, and locals, are you from here? Uh, I've been here 15 years. Okay, yes, and people say, oh, like, when we have a spring, it's good, or when we have a fall, it's good, but I think there's usually, there is that season, it's here, and there's tons to do, fall is such a key time, so many fun things start happening in the fall, and spring is such a good time, too, because there's such this excitement that builds after a long, harsh winter that you see, uh, there's just, you can't describe, like, it's hard to articulate what happens, but there's this huge shift in vibe and mindset and just people are excited to be out and they'll mm-hmm. stop and visit. And I mean, we're talking when it's 40 degrees. We all think right. it, it's so warm and yes. we just feel different. It's so, spring is great here. It is. Yes. Yeah. You get it a little bit, April, beginning of May. This year was weird because we got hot weather fast. We did. That was a little bit different, but yeah, 
it's amazing what happens when it turns 30 to 40 degrees. Just the entire shift, like people are out in shorts, yes. flip-flops, Going on whatever. Walks. Yeah. Yes, it's good. And spring is, people diss on spring, but it's so volatile. You just don't, you don't know what you're going to get. And there's right. excitement in that. Like, you yeah. know, are we going to be having a blizzard? And a spring blizzard to me, I think is very fun. I let that blizzard two Easter's ago. Yeah. That was so fun because it was, I mean, we were reaching 40, 40 degrees during the day. Right. So I'm going out, I'm sledding, I'm making yep. snowmen. This is great. Whereas a blizzard in January, no, I'm going to be inside. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Forget about it. I'll see you exactly. in March. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You're right about that. And there's the promise when you get a blizzard in January, you know you're stuck with that for four months. Yes. But in April, you know, a month from now, this is done. Exactly. So there is yeah. positives. That's the fun stuff. And that's part of what you do. You find the positive. Yeah. So <laughs> there you go. That's it. Yes, I'm a storyteller. I can always find the, the right story, the right way to spin it. That's good. So you moved here from Louisiana, obviously, previously from the Midwest, as well as you mentioned. How was the transition to Minot? Oh, let's see. Okay, we were looking forward to coming here. That's not the that's not the story that everybody will tell you that right, they that's different. want to be here. That part is a little bit different. We were looking forward to coming to Minot. Um, but there definitely was <laughs> there were hard things about coming here. We came the summer of 2012 and initially, so one summer after the flood. Right. Initially, my husband was sent up and he had uh, orders that were unaccompanied, which basically just means the military's not going to pay for your family and your wow. furniture to come up yet until he had secured housing. And I love my husband very much. He is my best friend. And I just, the more time we can have together, the better. Yes. So we try and expedite these periods of time apart uh, just because we like to be with each other. So I was in Louisiana looking for housing listings and he mm -hmm. was in North Dakota also looking at housing listings, but the real estate market it's was so insane. Time. Yes. He would, you know, I'd send him a list and he'd go and look. And then, it, I mean, most of them were already under contract and they right. would say, well, we just had to put it up as kind of a formality, but it's already under contract contract. Yeah. Um, so we ended up finding one that was for sale by owner on South Hill, just on third street up the street from the old ER there. Okay. And it worked out, you know, being great. And we put it under contract. And before we closed on the house, I went ahead and moved up because we had technically secured yeah, housing, even though we didn't have a place to live. So at that point, our housing, when I first arrived in Minot, North Dakota, it was just I took a plane. I sold our 1995 um, Le LeBaron convertible. I love it. <laughs> the day I left, well, I donated it because it was not sellable. Well, like, <laughs> let's be honest. I yeah. donated it the day we left, the day I left Shreveport, Louisiana. And then I traveled with a cat as my oh, carry-on luggage to Minot, North Dakota. And at the time, you had to do two layovers to get here. And then I walk into the old Minot airport, yeah. which is unlike anything I've ever seen before I'm anywhere. Sure. It's so small and like visually you can just see all the gates and there was the concession stand and like the main item was hot dogs, D-A-W-G-Z <laughs> oh. on there. 
And <laughs> sounds I, appetizing. Yes. And I've been traveling all day with my cat and Derek, my husband picked me up and we were going to be living in a hotel and I was starving and it was nine o'clock at night. And I said, well, what is open? And yeah. he said, nothing. <laughs> yep. Nobody, everybody's working in the oil field. There's not enough people to staff the fast food places and they've had this flood. And so, I mean, I ate granola bars and then home oh, sweet man. home was the select in right across from the <laughs> right across from the airport because all the hotels were full. Right. And yeah, now looking back, people are like, that's kind of a seedy place. But I right. lived in the select inn with my cat and I stayed there for a whole month. And I like to say Carla Burbage was my first friend here <laughs> because every day I would get up and watch Carla Burbage <laughs> on the go. news. Yes. And she was the only person I knew for, <laughs> for a long time. That's fantastic. Yes. So that's, yes. That, that sounds like a difficult transition there. It, it makes for a great story. Yeah, now, right? Even at the time. I Even knew at the I, time? I, I, I knew I was living like this is You're home. This is going to be great. We're, we're a home. Yes. Yeah. Very cool. Um, what, was, what was it like to begin to try to engage and get connected in with the community? Uh, as a military spouse, um, as a military spouse, I, I find this kind of difficult because your husband is moving here for a purpose. Your husband right. immediately has a place, a place to go and talk to other people every single day. He has a purpose. He has people who are going to be introducing themselves to him, people who are expecting him to be there. Right. Um, and I really didn't have any of that. And that's something that's always hard, no matter where you're going as a military mm -hmm. spouse, whether it's Minot or whether it's your dream base somewhere right. else. You're always mm -hmm. going to have this. Um, and I initially <laughs> tried to kind of break into the military circles and, you know, the spouse organizations, because those are there. Right. But for some reason, I just, I don't know. It, it was like that wasn't, I'm very much a townie and the commute from town to base, it's not hard, but, yeah. you know, for me, really, who has no business being up on base, what am I going to do up there? And I, I had a hard time meeting other spouses kind of initially or clicking with them. Um, and so instead, I just started diving into the community of Minot, which in itself is a difficult thing. Yes. Uh, because there's a ton going on here. And even in 2012, there was a ton of go stuff going on. But it's not maybe as mainstream. It's like if you're not from around here, maybe you just don't know right. what's happening. Whereas yep. once you're around, you know, you know, of course the library does a book sale and that's where everybody goes. Right. Um, of course everybody knows where the lake is and that's where we are on the yeah. weekend. Um, so breaking, All summer long. Yes, breaking in and figuring out some of those things. And, right. you know, well, how do I find what's going on? That yeah. was kind of tricky, but I, um, I just kind of stuck with it and and tried and eventually I started I pressed myself on people I insert myself and yeah. I knew we were going to be in Minot for a few years like this right. was no longer a training assignment I knew we were going to be here um, this is something that we had prayed about you know that God would put us in the right place whether yeah. that was Shreveport or somewhere else and Minot is where I found myself and I had this just unwavering faith that we were in the right place and we were here for the right season and my people were out there and my purpose in this town was going to be out there somewhere. I just needed to press on until I found it. And so, and I was going to insert myself in this town, darn it, whether they wanted me here or not. Yeah, I and, like it. Yeah. And I, it, there was so much negativity and I just kept thinking, well, there's all these people who choose to live in Minot. There's right. all these people who are born and raised here that know all this stuff that I don't like. It's kind of yep. a closed community. Right. Um, 
for a reason. There's people who are thriving here and they grew up, they could move anywhere they want that, you know, they're not sent here by the military. Right. They have freedom to go anywhere, but they're choosing to stay in Minot. So yeah. what are they seeing about this community that other people are not noticing? And that's what I really started to try and tap in on. Right. It, it's an interesting point. We've interviewed many people on this podcast that have the story of, I grew up in Minot or something similar. Mm-hmm. I moved away mm-hmm. and I came back. Yeah. There's something about Minot that pulls people back that just takes a little bit piece of their heart and they just have to go back to it. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I tell people all the time, I'm living the dream out here. I t- right. Last night, talked to my husband who's now away on a National Guard assignment and I just said, I just love it here. We have such a good quality of life. I cannot yeah. believe that I get to wake up and live in Minot, North Dakota every day. And yeah. what a silly thing, but... Yep. Who doesn't want to live in the best place? Like right. believe that they're living in the best place Absolutely. in the world. And I wake up every day and I, I want that to be the story. Like I said, yeah. I'm good at spinning a story. I want that to be the narrative of my life. I want my kids to think, you know, we, we do live in a great place. And right. so, well, let's wake up every morning and find reasons that support this belief and edify that. Absolutely. One thing you say on your website is I can't change your circumstances, but I will teach you small things that have a big impact on your perspective so you can thrive. Yeah. And it sounds like that's exactly the adoption of that right there. Yes. Implementation as well. It changes stuff. Right. It you does. Know, yeah. I, um, I have been in a lot of very difficult circumstances and have even been told, you know, well, you've got to wait for your circumstances to change and then things will change. And to me, that just became an unacceptable mantra right. to wait on something else to change when I, we, there are things that we can always take control over. Right. Our perception is one of those. The narrative that we're weaving and telling ourselves and the narrative that we're buying into is one of those too. And if you can start to do that in small ways, I mean, that's what makes for sustainable peace and contentment. Yeah. No that, matter where you are. That's really good stuff right there. Um, and I agree with that. Um, some people say, and I mentioned it in one of the blog titles, there's nothing in North Dakota that there's just nothing to do in Minot. And we kind of touched on it. Yeah, they do. (laughs) It's the go-to, um, all that generic conversation. What, what do you say to people like that? They're they're living in Minot and they're like, there's just nothing to do here. Well, I what I say, because I see that I just tell them that that's not true. (laughs) I I don't know. I mean, what? what else can you just say to something right. that's just an untruth? And, it, and it's not on, maybe it's not necessarily on them. Like I never want to point the finger back, right. you know, and say, well, it's you, you're not finding <laughs> things, you're not looking hard enough or whatever. Right. Um, but it, it, people have that perception, people have that mentality. Um, and it's that in itself creates emotions, right? That, yeah. you know, you're, you're lonely, you're dissatisfied with your life. That's in a good place to be. So I don't want to feed into that negativity. One thing that I have found is that people often say there's nothing to do in North Dakota because that is a very easy common ground. When you don't know anybody and you're looking to find some kind of camaraderie, I call it negative camaraderie. It's very easy to say, well, I moved to Minot because I had no choice. Well, I moved to Minot because I had no choice. Well, I don't think there's anything to do in North Dakota. Well, there isn't anything. And then you can just kind of complain and bash on Minot and you're kind of a bully over it. Um, If you want to thrive here, if you want to enjoy your years here, I'm happy to tell you (laughs) the things. And so I guess my my first response is, well, that's not true. There's plenty to do. (laughs) But uh, maybe a gentler response is, I'm always busy. 
Yeah. And I mean, our plate is as full as we like it to be. Right. We have as many activities as we want and often need to be very discerning as to what we do and what we don't do in any given week. Yeah. Because I find so many things to do here. That's really good. Um, I, I believe it's Visit Minot that literally has guides, basically. They have their term for them when people move here. But it really goes back to kind of like the general theme of what you're saying is it's a mindset. Yeah. Um, it don't matter how much support someone has. If they don't want to be here, then there's nothing to do here. That's just, it's the way it is. Yeah. In their, in their head, there's nothing to do here. Well, and I mean, being military, we lived, like I said, I went through the list. We've lived in a handful of places. We've lived in Indiana and um, and I hear, I hear people say there's nothing to do everywhere. Right. Where exactly. We're from in Northern Indiana, we're two hours from Chicago and within 30 minutes of basically anything you want. And we still, I talk to people from our hometown who yeah. are like, well, this, there's nothing to do here. Right. When we lived in the panhandle of Florida, people would complain and say, well, this is the worst assignment I've ever had. And you know, yeah. Okay. Well, what exactly are you looking for? <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. What's your mind? Tell if it's, me. If it's. If you're looking for where you grew up at, you're going to have to go back there. But if you're going to have a positive mindset of where you're at, then there's a lot of positive things that are going on around us. I have a very important question for you. Do you actually like hot dishes? Do I? Yes. You do? Yeah. Who doesn't? (laughs) Do you not like hot dishes? All right. (laughs) I still think hot dishes are made up word, but. uh, Yeah, probably. You're probably right (laughs) on that. They're casseroles. Yeah. Where I come from. And it really depends on the type. Sometimes around, uh, well, during Lent and stuff like that, you'll get like these tuna casseroles and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's that's not as positive. Uh, no, tuna I'm hot a, dish. Yeah. It, where, where I come from, we call it tuna noodle gotcha. casserole. Gotcha. But yeah, I don't like tuna, so that one's a pass <laughs> on me. But yeah. who doesn't? I mean, what? take a bite of tater tot hot dish. Okay. And like, who is going to say they don't like I, I like tater tot hot dish. Yes, you have I like tater tots. You have to. Yes, yes. What's your favorite hot dish? Is it tater tot hot dish? I would say i would say yes but probably i don't know maybe because i haven't had a lot of other hot dishes like yeah. if someone brings a hot dish or we make a hot dish because i'm still a little confused on what is yeah. and isn't because people will say right i love corn casserole i'm from indiana and corn's kind of our jam okay um i love corn casserole and i have said well is it would it be corn hot dish here, here? Yeah. i want to you know i want to do it right i want to do right by right. The local you know culture and I've been told, no, it's not. And there's a variety of reasons that I've been okay. given. One is because it does not contain a cream of soup. Okay. One is that it's meatless. Like and Interesting. And everybody has their different markers as to yep. what, what makes up a hot dish. a hot dish. And Interesting. Yeah. So people actually call stuff casserole around here. They do. Interesting. They do. They have very specific things. And see, I don't know. I mean, I think it's probably green bean casserole here still, but okay, we, yeah. again, we'd have to find right. an actual local. If you put ask. bacon in it, then it could be a hot dish. I don't know. Yeah, interesting. I don't know. Well, it's a whole other world right out, there. This is outside of my <laughs> yeah. realm of expertise. If, if you're listening to this and you know the answers to these things, let us know. Yes. Send me th- a message. This is important. This is what keeps me up at night. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the, the different hot dishes. So I, I had this question. And it's already been answered, really. But I'm going to still ask it because I, I want it to be answered specifically. Do you genuinely want to stay in Minot? And, and, and I'm anticipating what the answer is, but I want to know why. What, what, is, it, what is it about Minot that, that pulls your heartstrings? All right. Okay. So, and this is controversial because I am like the Minot guru and I am the face of you should just love your life in Minot. Um, we... 
are in Minot for, we don't have any plans to move at, yeah. the, at the current juncture. Um, my husband separated from full-time active duty Air Force last June, and now he serves with a National Guard unit in Michigan. So it's about an hour-ish away from our hometown. So when he okay. has to go and serve there, a lot of times we bundle it into a family trip and yep. we go visit family and he's in Michigan. Um we don't have any desire right now to leave. He's got right. a great job. He found a good opportunity here. Uh, he works with Executive Air Corporation, Taxi Corporation. I don't, gotcha. I'm probably not saying it. We just call it Executive Air. Anyway, yeah, they do a lot of dock charters They for Neat. Trinity. Yeah, that's um, awesome. And patient charters for right. Trinity um, and some business charters too. Anyway, it's a, it's a great job. It's yeah. a good quality of life. There's right. things about living in Minot that make being a pilot's wife with someone here easier than maybe anywhere else wow. with a job like this um, in even a slightly larger city. Like I'm talking about a metro like Rapid City, even mm -hmm. South Dakota, which isn't that much larger. It's just kind of a different structure of city than Minot is. Right. Um, if you have a job similar to this, you've got to be in the hangar 12 hours, you wow. know, all your shift mm -hmm. in Minot. It is so easy to commute. I mean, we live literally five minutes away from the airport and yeah. we're not right next to the airport. Um, that he's just on call from home. Right. I see him more now. The last time I saw him this much, we were in high school together. Wow. It's so great. So that's definitely a piece of it. Um, but being that most of our family is there in Northern Indiana, we do keep our ears out for an opportunity that would maybe take us closer, maybe to the Michigan area. So he could yep. not need to do these long commutes to go serve right. with the national guard. And, our families are getting older and we've got two little kids and That's we want important. them to know their cousins. We right. want them to know their aunts and uncles and their grandparents. And, um, and that's important to us too. So we keep our ear to the ground for opportunities that may take us that way, yeah. not necessarily seeking it out and right. fingers crossed that we want to move. But now we definitely are measuring it against, well, right now the quality of life that we have here in Minot is so good. It's right. so good for this season. Um, that, when we explore another opportunity, if it's not going to give us the quality of life we can have here, then right now we're not going to take that. Right. Um, and obviously a piece of it is that we see each other more. Another piece is I'm a mom of two little kids and it's hard to get anywhere on time. You're yeah. a parent. You might know this. It's yep. hard to get anywhere on time. But in my not, I'm hardly ever late because everything's five minutes away right. except for Walmart, which feels like <laughs> we are going on yeah. a trip. Like, right. Boys, pack your snacks. <laughs> get the get your crayons because it's exactly. going to be a long one. we got to cross 20th <laughs> Avenue South right. to get over there. Exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, that, but I mean, we're on time everywhere we go. It's great. Yeah. Um, even when we lived in smaller places, we loved, we were in Rapid City and we loved Rapid City. In, uh, you'd be crazy not to love Rapid. Right. Rapid's a great place, yeah. but we didn't take advantage of nearly as many things in the community, um, arts, sports, just we didn't take advantage of nearly as much there as we do here. And it comes down to convenience. Things are much closer here. I right. mean, we can leave our kids with a babysitter and literally be to where we need to be in five minutes. That's what happened today. I dropped mm -hmm. my kids off with the neighbor and I drove... I think eight minutes and was right. here and was here relatively on time. Mm -hmm. um, here things are accessible because they're close. They're accessible because they're inexpensive. You're not paying city prices to do things. Even things like taking my kids to high air ground. Right. It's so much more affordable here than even back in our hometown, which wow. isn't a metropolis. You right. Know? Yep. 
Um, but it is. And we've got all kinds of free stuff that's here. I mean, we take advantage of the brass band concerts in the city chorale, uh, chamber chorale. Yes. Um, we go to the symphony. The kids don't go to that. But these have you been to the deal on Main Street during Thursdays during the? Yes, uh, of course. You yeah. know, yeah, arts in the city. We go to right. that and arts in the park. And um, I mean, it is a banquet feast of playgrounds here. And right. we don't have that where we come from. Any other town that we've been in, you getting to a playground is much more of an ordeal. I'm within walking distance of two. Wow. This is still a place where elementary schools leave the gates open on right. their playgrounds yeah, and so i mean not only do we have city maintained playgrounds we can go to any elementary school and right. play on their playground it are there's just so many things here right. that make this a good place we can yes. ice skate in the winter and in minot i mean cut me off because i'm gonna oh I'm gonna no go this is here. interesting i'm learning um, stuff yeah it, it yeah okay and it, i tell people you can be Anything you want in mm. Minot. Um, That's true. You can because it. you can try so many things. You can be on a board. You right. can serve on a board. You can be the president of a board in Minot yep. right. where that's not going to happen somewhere else. No. You can. I've learned to <laughs> curl and square dance uh, oh, since man. moving here. Um, I, I've learned to make lefsa. I, I mean, that's you can, good stuff. You can learn anything yes. and, and pick up. People are easy not easy. People are eager to share what they know. Um, we did archery. The, okay. um, the parks department offers a five week archery course. I think it starts in September. It's coming up. Um, it's 20 bucks. Oh, wow. Like what? Yeah. That's crazy. And you get instruction. You don't have to supply anything. You wow. just show up and learn archery for $20 That's neat. and it's probably five minutes from your house. You know, right. like there's so much you can do. Yes. That's not <laughs> happening elsewhere. Our right. library is just absolutely phenomenal and people know you people people know us they know my kids they care about us um right it's so nice and and we feel very very safe here i know my not's not a perfect place i know there's crime um we're using common sense but we feel i feel so much ease here i i don't feel afraid taking my kids out by myself i don't feel afraid being by myself when my husband's gone overnight for yep. work trips right it's amazing. You go somewhere for, oh, first off, with the base of you go somewhere for a day. So you go to Minneapolis for a day or whatever big city it is, and you begin to enjoy the amenities of that place, right? Mm -hmm. Chick fil A. I love Chick fil A, of course. Bismarck has it now, Everybody but. Loves Chick -fil -A. Right. It'd be so, crazy not to love Chick fil A. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so you begin to enjoy those things, but you stay in that same place and you're, you're like, I should just move here. Like, th this, is a, this is a nice place. You got everything you need. You know, there's a little bit of traffic, but, but man, there's so much you can do here. Yeah. And then you stay for there for a week and you're just, you start getting measurable. You're like, yeah. dude, I'm sick of traffic. If I, if I want to go to Chick fil A right now, it's going to take me 25 minutes exactly. to get there because of traffic. Yes. And, and the different things that come up and you come back to Minot and it's just, it's so peaceful. It's, it's home. You, you have your struggles, but the struggles really, they're not that bad. They, they, they're offset by the good things that are going on here. And for me, something else that's nice, and maybe this isn't nice for everybody, but I like, I feel very comfortable within boundaries. This helps yeah. me. It's just kind of how my brain is. I feel very comfortable within some kind of set of boundaries and if there's too many options, if there's too much, like my right. brain shuts down and I do have a very hard time making choices over yep. this. I mean, there is such a thing as decision fatigue. It's yes. fascinating if you look into it. Right. And in a, in Minot, 
one of the things that I really appreciate is that there is a limit to our options. Right. They're here, you know, I've got, for me, it's a comfortable amount of options. I, but I know my options and I know the limit to it. And there's more options that I haven't even tapped into. There's always things that I could still be trying. But right. There's some kind of limit to it where somewhere else it, I like freeze up because, well, what do we want to do? And no matter what I do, I need to be going 30 minutes in one direction or another just from my house to get there. And then what if I don't even like it? Right. We're here. You know, you can go. And if it's not what you wanted, then just go somewhere else. And you're only driving 10 minutes. Right. Yeah. Um, it's amazing the amount of things when someone comes to visit us, what we knock out in a single day because right. we're not commuting 30 minutes to each yeah. thing. That's that's a really good point. Um, part of what makes mine not wonderful is probably the melting pot that it's becoming. You got people moving from all over. Um, it really makes it kind of a diverse little town, uh, truly. Um and you and part of that is the, the skills that they bring in is kind of what I'm getting at. The experiences that they bring in and all that it makes it a really unique town because you have the 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 people that are from here that have been here for 40, 50 years, the farm family that's passed down the farm to three generations and whatever, and then you've got the people that that move in from Air Force pilots, um, doctors, the different things that move mm-hmm. in. Um, really makes it a unique community. And there's probably a story that you could tell in that, but. Basically, what I want to kind of transition to is kind of what you do as well. You, you, we talked about you, the fun mom, the, the different things you do there, but you also do motivational speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the website, you can learn a lot about that. You come from a background of suicidal depression, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty severe. So um, <laughs> how, how did, tell me a little bit about that and about the mindset that you were able to set once you had moved to Minot. Okay. Um, well, for me, mental health, I just, I think this is, I think this is an, an important topic for, right. a, for a lot of reasons. Um, and I think it's important to note that depression and anxiety don't have a certain look. When I talk to kids, especially in schools, it's not like we can look at someone and say, well, there's a weird loner, like right. that's someone who's going to be struggling mentally, yeah. or there's someone who's not mentally strong and resilient, um, because I really didn't fit that mold. Right. I have this great family. My parents love me very much, and it's very, you know, trauma, like exploring your own trauma is a, is a thing and it's an important thing to be doing. But I would say, I mean, my background's pretty free of trauma, right. um, just yep. a very standard middle-class Indiana upbringing with a family that I love very much and who loves me very much. And yet still going back to even like the earliest, I really remember maybe starting to struggle with like panic attacks and anxiety that was beyond what maybe would be like a, a a normal or standard marker for a child of that okay. age would be around seven. And this is something that just continued to cyclically build where I would be right. fine, but I looked very, very much great, you know, fine from the yes. outside. Um, good student, lots of friends, um, active, outgoing, like to be around people, you know, I mean, you get that picture. Um, and, but yet this was still something that continued to, to come up and I, I talk about it cyclically because it was almost like when a major life change would happen, um, like that would really trigger things okay. and, and trigger it in a way that I couldn't get back on okay. top of it. Like I couldn't yeah. control my thought life, if that makes sense. 
And I kind of giggle while I'm talking about that because, okay, what the heck is somebody who struggles with that doing as a, a military spouse? Like, right. what are you doing as a pilot's wife? Because that is that is your lifestyle now. It's right. always major life change. And yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, we can... T- talk about my life choices another time <laughs> but <laughs> yeah but yeah so we moved to Minot and I really I hadn't been I was struggling some because just because of the separation I wasn't sure how long my right. husband left and I really wasn't sure how long yeah. I was going to be alone in Louisiana with a house that we weren't really sell like it wasn't a hot market there that wasn't selling super quick and you know we've got a house here that we want to get rid of and we want a house there and we can't get it um, but I moved to Minot and it wasn't like I moved into Minot and, oh boy, I saw the brown and the treelessness and my mental health plummeted. That's not really, that's not right. the story. Um, for me, there was this perfect storm of circumstances that really led to a flare up of mental unwellness, of mental illness like I'd never experienced. I had a traumatic back injury that occurred. Mm. Um, I was a fitness instructor, okay. which... Uh, was very helpful when it came to like moving all the time. You know, if I can get a job at a gym and then like there's a place where I people have to talk to me. I'm right. here and I'm telling yes. them how many squats to do. <laughs> um, so um, I hurt my back during a fitness class and oh, um, no. during a senior adult fitness class to be exact. <laughs> um, and and I ended up needing back surgery and the back surgery failed and well, they thought maybe it failed and I was still having a hard time walking and um, I was definitely dependent on prescription painkillers right. where I just couldn't function without it. And I had a small business where I did lots of freelance photography, web design, graphic design as well. And just my identity was extremely wrapped up in what I was doing. Right. And then when all of that, like that's just not a sure foundation to rest who you are and and your self-worth upon. It's just right. not because circumstances can can knock that out. And then who are you? And you're left very adrift. Right. And and then um, mixed in with this, there were, you know, separations from my husband, tamper, temporary assignments. Um, eventually things just fell apart to, to a point that I couldn't stay on top of my mental health. Like it, it fell apart where I was panic attacks, all the time, every single night, ruminating thoughts. And you get to a point where you realize this is how depression and anxiety kills a person. Because even though maybe I want to be alive, I cannot continue to live in this state. And for a person Mm. who loves to, loves people and loves using my brain, I'm very much a learner to have my mental capacity just gone and to see myself as this huge burden to my husband. And I saw a lot of providers during this time who even, it's just, it's sad, but it's part of my story who implied that I was a burden to my husband. Like, well, can you not wait and have this crisis another time? Don't you know he's an officer in the military? Do you understand what kind of stress this is putting on him when he has a mission to fulfill? Um, and I saw, I saw myself definitely as a burden. And I love Derek so yeah. much right. more than myself for sure and so well then you get those thoughts of well wouldn't it be better if right wouldn't it be better if i was just eliminated from this situation and right. that's that's not that's that's a lie but that's kind of where i was right yeah i don't know i kind of maybe spiraled there but that's edit as you please <laughs> <laughs> no that was a really good answer yeah so i don't know what do you want to know that's that's like the depths of my of how i found myself 
in a suicidal depression. Right. Basically, how did your, what, what was the thing that you're able to pull you out? What was the mindset that you're able to achieve that helped pull you out of that? Basically? Okay. Yeah, this is, yes. Bring, please bring me back on topic. Um, but when we talk about mental health, it's so, things are so intertwined that it's right. hard to just give that answer without the, the understanding, the, others, the understanding of where that came from. Um, okay. So it wasn't just one thing, but there came a point in, um, January of 2015, uh, where things were very, very, very bad and bad enough that Derek needed to go to Alabama for a temporary training assignment. And we really didn't, we weren't comfortable leaving me home alone. Um, we just weren't. So I traveled, I traveled with him for that. And again, having these almost nightly panic attacks and I, I struggled through one and it, Every single night, the same thoughts would play out and play out and play out. And and for some reason on this night, something different happened where just one slightly different thought broke through. And that thought was, this is how a person dies. Mm-hmm. If you need to fix this or you will die. Right. Forget what forget what providers are telling you. You've got to find a, fi- a way to fix this or right. this is going to be the thing that kills you. Maybe not this time, but you've seen this cycle happen before and this is going to be what comes for you in the end. And that to me was the thing. I was a very stubborn child, like the, the spirited child. That, <laughs> God bless my mom. Right. You know, cause now I have a spirited child. I'm like, look at this. How do people do this? Like, how do I know how to use a toilet? Golly. Right. Um, you know, that was me. And so that, that thing that I thought, you know, nobody wants a stubborn child is what saved my life that I thought, I don't, I don't want this to be the thing that kills me. And I I will stop at nothing to find someone who can help me and give me lasting help. And so I eventually did find um, a counselor who I worked very closely with and it was very intense. Um, And the things I learned there are really what taught me to it wasn't one simple thing and it wasn't just talking on my problems. It was a process of retraining my brain, understanding that I do have authority over my thoughts. My right. thoughts are not always true. Um, and I can push them into some, into submission right. to what I know is true. And I have that authority and I needed to reshape and reprogram my brain. And it was exceptionally hard work, but oh, obviously sure. it paid off. Right. And I was 20, seven at the time, I think if I do mm-hmm. the math right, I was 27 at the time and maybe, maybe 28 at the time. And, um, it, it took all those years to learn those patterns and ingrain them very deeply. Right. So it took a while. There wasn't an easy fix. And that's what yeah. I tell people. It's not an easy fix, but it's these small incremental things that you can start doing every day to take more control over your story, to take more control back over your thoughts. Your thoughts don't need to be running you. You run right. you. Yeah, that's big. Uh, power over your thoughts, not just letting it run. Because when you give your imagination room to run, it's amazing what it can come up with. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and I liked what you said earlier about you you wanted to live, but but it maybe it's just best if you're if you're gone if you're eliminated. And I think that's something that's also interesting is we create this idea of what suicidal depression would be like when we haven't truly battled it. Mm-hmm. We, I'm sure everybody's battled depression to some point, some level in their life, maybe not severe, but yeah. you know, it'd be natural if everybody would. And, and so we think we know what it is, but when you want to live, but then you also reason to the point, well, maybe it's just best I'm eliminated. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that's powerful and that's something where you you got to check on on the people next to you and you have to care about the people that yeah. are next to you we see stories in the news frequently about people who commit suicide and people around them say you know they were just the light of the room and yeah. we never saw this coming and right. i would have been one of i would have been one of those situations where right. we never we you know she was a ministry leader and she went to church and right. you know she she knew god and no christians aren't exempt from this either. absolutely um and well what was wrong and she prayed and right and we never saw this she had a very healthy marriage mm-hmm. you just don't you just don't know you don't know Right. But you turned that into a story where you also help others now, if I understand correctly. Ideally, yes, because this is a problem and we've seen it growing and you can look at the statistics on depression and anxiety Mm -hmm. and panic and even just stress disorders um, growing. And if this is something that I have found my way out of and I live in with so much peace now, I mean, I don't know that I've I haven't had a bad day in uh, at least seven years. <laughs> right, <laughs> like, yeah, you know? that's awesome. Uh, yes, I just, why would you not want to show up for your life a little bit more and experience a little more freedom, even if you're not in the bowels of depression? Right. Who doesn't want a little more peace in their life? And and it just seems like such a slap in the face to the circumstances that put me there. And if right. you're if you're a spiritual person, you know, a slap in the face to the you know the enemy, the forces of evil that would have wanted me to be eliminated. Yeah. <laughs> um, what a slap in the face to those things that it, my faith was also very confused at the time. And what there is no better way to shut that down, then completely see it redeemed into something. I'm not ashamed by this. Right. It's not something I keep secret from anybody. Like, right. I'll come on your podcast. You put it <laughs> put it wherever you want. Um, I'm not ashamed by this. Something very beautiful has happened through these circumstances. Right. And why would I not want to help other people experience that as well? Right. Um, it just, it produces benefits across the board for our entire community. I mean, even if you can do something as simple as reshape the narrative around, if you can reshape the narrative around your business for your employees, you have greater employee retention. If you can create a narrative that gives your employees deeper satisfaction in their job to see deeper meaning in what they do, whether they're a mechanic on the B-52 or working a drive-through window at McDonald's. I mean, how can you reshape that to see a, a great meaning and a great purpose and yeah. in that and right. i mean through that a lot of benefits happen not just for the individual but for companies and when companies thrive our community thrives absolutely like absolutely it, yeah it you, trickles outward you begin to care i there's something that i see everyone saw from dave ramsey about for employers about stop losing your employee for two dollars else somewhere go and create and help them have financial freedom yeah and it's that same concept in whatever it else stop being scared of losing your employee to whatever and just start helping them start being that support for them and it changes things. Yes. And doing so, I mean, if you feed into your, into mental health, no matter where you are and I use employees and employers as one example, but I mean, if you can feed into that mindset piece of things, you're creating leaders and who doesn't want more leaders? There's, we're always going to have an influx of people coming in at the bottom, you know, right. And build them up and equip them to move up and right. and to experience that freedom where then if they have freedom in their mind, 
um, and I'm going to be talking about this with the uh, Military Affairs Committee coming up in September, if we can create this freedom of mind, then our military members are able to focus more on their task at work and, and right. focus on the mission when they're not stressed about what's going on at home. Yeah. And a piece of that at the Military Affairs Committee meeting is going to be talking about, well, why is it so po- why is it so important that we help people reshape their perspective about Minot? Right. And, and that's because if you know your spouse is at home and miserable and suffering, then part of you as the service member, you're thinking about that when you're, you're on home. the job. Yeah. And, and let's free their mind up to say, my job here is important. This mission is important. This place is great. This is a great assignment, and and show that to the whole family. Right. And and how can that move us forward? You said you haven't had a bad day in seven years. Have you had the ingredients for a bad day? Have I had the ingredients? I don't know. Okay, so maybe. Um, and it's hard for me now because it's been so long to even look back and think. Like what? Gosh, because I remember years, like a New Year's Eve would roll around and I would be like, oh, I'm just so glad this year's over. And now I'm like, Amy, what were you thinking? You're really? rolling in on 40. Like, why would you <laughs> yeah. be saying that? I love it. Um, ma- okay, the ingredients for a bad day. I mean, it, it, there's hard circumstances. Probably. Right. I mean, yeah. there's hard circumstances that come up every single day. I'm a mom of two little kids. And I, I mean, I shared even yeah. like today was kind of a trying day but now I kind of look at the clock and I look at you know well how long was that like how long were my kids fighting and squabbling um it was you know or how long how long did that crisis actually take me to clean up how long did it take me to calm down well not very long and so when I put that in perspective of 24 hours right you know no even when I just compare it hour for hour there's typically more good or at least yeah. neutral minutes in a day than bad minutes in a day. Right. Yep. It's like the thing you see every once in a while of if you had $86,000 and you lost a hundred dollars, would you go and throw away the other 86,000? Yeah. Yes. And no, you wouldn't. So you have 86, I think it's seconds, just over 86,000 seconds in a day. And if you have a bad minute or a bad five minutes, you're really going to throw away your whole day yeah, just over say, that. Yeah. Even if it was a really bad you know, five minutes. Well then in that, and this is what I tell others to do. And this is what helped me like in that five minutes, well, experience that bad, identify, well, what, what emotions am I feeling? What thoughts am I having? Are my thoughts true or false? How can I reshape my perspective on this? And ultimately like what actions can I take? What do I have control over to move forward? As a mom, sometimes I get overwhelmed. I get cranky. I just wrote about this today, how, you know, what's my big secret for keeping it all together. And the big secret is I don't, um, (laughs) because when things start to fall apart a little bit, I let them fall apart a little bit and catch it there before it becomes a catastrophe. And I just stop and get curious what's causing this high stress. Why do I feel like I need to raise my voice right now? Um, and what choices can I make going forward? Even if that means like, you know, we're going outside or, we're going for ice cream right now because right. we need to turn this ship around and yeah. get back so that we can, at the end of this day, say, we had a great time getting ice cream today. Absolutely. Like, you know? Focus yeah. on the positive. Well, Amy. And create a positive. One. Create a positive. Yeah. That's big, too. Yeah. that's That could be a podcast in of itself, learning how to create positive in bad situations. Um, it's been awesome having you on. Thank you for having me. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks really, for having me. Really appreciate you taking time out and doing that. Um and hopefully we'll have you on again sometime in the future. Um, where can people find you at? 
Okay, so uh, amyallender.com is my website, and I'm on Facebook and Instagram. If you look for Amy Allender, you can find me there. It's Amy underscore Allender on Instagram. Very good. Um, and I just this week launched a second Instagram account called Hey My Not. Okay. Uh, because <laughs> because I, I, like an- it. I answer these questions all the time about yeah. what is there to do and why do you like right. it? Um, and it was just feeling too crowded in my single account where I do want to share, you know, mindset mm-hmm. and mental health and how I organize things as a mom and like that kind of stuff. Right. But that reach is kind of a little, a little bit Broader. farther. Yep. Um, and I share and people, it's funny, people care. <laughs> people who follow me care about what's going on in my night. They love seeing the weird stuff I get up to out here. Yeah. Trash Christmas is another podcast <laughs> yes. we can talk about, but exactly. whatever. Um, it, but anyway, I just thought, you know, these tips and tricks for what I'm doing in my night that needs its own space. So they, you can also join me on Hey My Not. There we go. And I'm just now getting content up. But yeah. Sounds good. Well, excited. Hope that goes well. And thank you to everyone for listening to this episode of My Not Matters here at the Dakotan and brought to you by Shocks Safe and Lock. Uh, be sure to follow us on YouTube, like us on Facebook, be part of the family. Um, we're excited about what's going on and the new content we have coming out. Thank you and have a good day.